Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 139 of the Australian Hiker podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about games on the trail. Now, as someone who typically solo hikes and spends a lot of time by myself uh, and blogging on the trail, I generally find that I don't have a lot of spare time available. Uh, usually I'm hiking um, from early in the morning uh, to late in the afternoon, and once I've had dinner and caught up in my blogging, um, I find I'm pretty tired and I tend to head off to bed. But in all honesty, most people who hike will often hike as couples or in larger groups. They'll hike in family units. And generally, you'll find that most people will do a lesser frantic pace than, than I do uh, and will usually have more time available. Do you know, we, we hike together sometimes, you know. Okay. <laughs> you sound as if you do this all you, on your own. Occasionally, occasionally. A- and when we do, though, I, I do agree that we don't have a lot of time because while you're doing all the blogging, I'm putting up the tent and doing all of the other stuff. Isn't that right, Tim? That's right. <laughs> so I think if you if you look at um, a lot of the trails, the longer distance trails when, you, when, you're, when you're overnighting, uh, that provide huts or campsites, they typically tend to be set apart around about the 15 to 20 kilometre mark. Now, for a fit hiker who's uh, into multi-day hiking, that's not an unrealistic sort of distance, uh, but it means that uh, if you do sort of start early in the morning, you're likely to be getting to camp uh, probably about mid to late afternoon and have, have plenty of spare time available. If you're travelling with kids, uh, uh, you may be looking at activities that are going to keep them excited and stop them from getting bored. Uh, and and that's what we're going to look at in today's episode, is playing games on the trail, just to provide a bit of a diversion. Yeah, and it's not just for the kids too. You know, it's for, for anybody who needs a bit of entertainment and a bit of um, uh, distraction, I guess, from um, potentially a hard day hiking. Okay, so we're going to look at some options in today's episode. We hope you enjoy. Now, the first series of games that I'll go through and talk about is conversation games. And these are games that don't require any specialised pieces of equipment um, and um, can be played fairly easily and fairly readily, and most people will be familiar with uh, 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 most of these. Now, the first game that uh, most people will be familiar with is I Spy. I say most people will be familiar with. Uh, here the assumption is that as Australians or Americans or uh, British, it's a game that most people are aware of. I'm sure there are similar versions in other languages, but you may find that there might be some differences. So don't assume that people know what I Spy is. This is a game uh, that in most cases, two or more players, um, and I think, as I said, most of us have played this as children, if not as adults, um, and basically it's a guessing game where one player chooses an object within sight uh, and announces to the other player that I spy with my little eye, something beginning with, and you might say the letter T. Now, choosing something like T, um, the obvious response is going to be tree, 
Um, probably not the best thing to pick when you're out hiking. Um, uh, or well, Yeah, so the idea is to make it a little bit of a challenge and um, perhaps not uh, pick hidden things, but things that are not so obvious. Now, with these games we're talking about at the moment, these can be played at camp or they can also be played while hiking. Uh, so if you are going to be doing this while you're hiking, you want to make sure that if, if this game is going to take five or ten minutes that the object you spy is still there by the time you finish the game. I think there are many parents who've been on a road trip who've been driven insane <laughs> by I spy, but so I'm not sure that would be on the top of my list. Main thing with this sort of game is um, if you are playing this with kids, uh, pick something that's, that's reasonably uh, that you would expect them to know what it is. Don't pick something that's so hard that you have to have a, a science degree to work out what you're yeah, looking at. Yeah, steer away from the botanical names maybe. Um, and if you are playing this or the other games we're about to talk about while you are hiking, be conscious that you are paying attention to the navigation and your safety and that you're also taking in the environment as well. You don't want to be so focused on the game that you're not actually thinking about your surrounding environment. The next game we're going to look at is Two Truths and a Lie. And again, this is two or more players. Um, and this is a good opportunity to find out about your travelling partners. Uh, and basically, the first player will start off and make three statements. Two of them are true and one of them is a lie. Uh, and again, this takes a bit of creativity not to make them so obvious. So saying that I have three arms... Um, unless you do actually have three arms, is probably not going to be a, a good sort of clue to say, well, I think that's probably a, a one that's uh, that's pretty false, so we can rule that one out. So you want to make them challenging, um, but not so impossible that you can't guess. So an example I'll use here, uh, and again, I'll make three statements. Two of them are true, one of them isn't. Uh, and I have to guess, do I? And you have well, it's a bit hard on this one. So, uh, <laughs> the three uh, three examples I've given here: my hair was a reddish colour up to the age of five. Uh, I share the same birthday as my wife. Now, as my wife, you'll know what the answer to that <laughs> one is. Uh, and that I was born in Cyprus. Um, and basically, the people you're playing with have to guess which one of those is true and which are the, which are actually false. So the last one is false, Tim, just so you know that I really do understand you and know what you're about. But having said that, I was actually born overseas. So, um, you know, if, if people know that I was born overseas, they may not be aware of which country I was born in. Um, now, the, the, the true answer here is that I share the same birthday as my wife. So, again, not a good example if you are playing with your wife in this sort of situation. Yeah, that wasn't very challenging, was it? <laughs> Now, once you've got an outcome, you move on to the next person. Uh, so, as I said, it's a good icebreaker game. If you're playing this with a group of people that uh, you haven't met before or don't know so well, it's a good opportunity to get to know, to know somebody. The third option here in the conversation-type games is one called situation puzzles uh, or lateral thinking puzzles is another name. And Again, these are all open for two or more players. And this involves uh, basically spinning a short story that provides um, other participants um, a starting point to ask questions to try and solve the puzzle. Uh, now, the example that I've used here is um, uh, a man walks into a bar and asks the bartender for a drink of water. The bartender pulls out a gun, points at the man and cocks it, 
The man pauses before saying thank you and leaves. What happened? Uh, now, ultimately what the people involved or the people who are trying to guess what this uh, little puzzle is about um, is they're trying to work out why the person asked for a drink, why the bartender pointed a gun. Uh, and in this case, case here, um, you can only answer yes, no, or if it's something totally off base, uh, you can either say irrelevant or you might say, look, it's not a valid question. It's not, not really worthwhile pursuing that line if you want to want to go a bit more further in depth. So my job would be to ask questions. Your job would be to ask questions to try and work out what the answer is. What time of day was it? Um, oh, uh, it that uh, doesn't work because it's not a, a yes or a no, no answer. So, so I might say in that instant, irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> so the answer that you're trying to get to, to here is, the bartender realised that the person uh, asking for a glass of water had hiccups uh, and that by frightening the man with a gun, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, you uh, cured the hiccups. Uh, now, that's, that's one example here. Um, I remember playing this as a 13-year-old with a group of uh, um, a seven other 13-year-olds uh, uh, at a camp um, in the late 1970s. Whoa. <laughs> uh, and... It took us around about an hour to go through and solve the puzzle. Uh, and that, you know, we weren't asking questions for an hour solid. We were sort of taking breaks, having a thought about what was going on. If you go to the written version of this podcast, we've got a link to a book that has a number of these puzzles. Uh, and while you wouldn't necessarily take the book with you on a hike, you might photocopy or write down the question uh, and take a couple with you, so you're going to have minimal sort of weight. Okay, so the next one we're going to talk about is 20 questions, uh, and this is a game that a lot of people will be familiar with and involves two or more players. So one person comes up with a place or thing or person but doesn't tell what the rest of the play, uh, players that is. So as an example here, I might think of eggplant, uh, and Jill would have 20 questions to try and come up with um, that answer. So can you say, is it animal, minimal, mineral or vegetable? No. Well, sorry, in that case here, that's not a yes or no question. So I can't, I can't really answer that. You've wasted a question. So is it a plant? Yes. Okay, well, that was lucky. That was lucky. Because <laughs> I yeah. knew what an eggplant was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of hint there in the clean <laughs> um, So you'd go through your questions and try and say, um, yeah, is it a is it something you eat? Um, and you might say, okay, what color? You might say, is it purple or is it red? Uh, and try and narrow the questions down. Mm -hmm. And you've got twenty questions. So um, while that may seem a lot, um, you may find that you start getting through the questions pretty quickly. Yeah, and um, if you know if you know people well, um, and they know you well, you could be asking questions of like, do I have one? Do I like one? Do I, you know. Use one. Yeah, and, Jill, and Jill's question from it, is it a plant? The next question might be, is it a vegetable? Uh, and, again, that's going to start narrowing it down to the common vegetables. And I think eggplant is probably one of those ones that for a lot of people, you know, your third question might be, do I like this particular vegetable? Yeah, uh, so once you get through potato, tomato, peas, corn, ca carrots, carrots. <laughs> You've lost. You've lost a few questions, haven't you? You have, yeah. So uh, you might ask. Uh, you might sort of ask. Um, you know, is it a is it a particular colour? Is it purple, as an example? But again, it's it's a, it's up to you to try and 
think about what the other person's likely to be thinking about. Um, and yeah, that's just one example. It might be a, you might be thinking of a famous person like a prime minister, uh, or you may be thinking of a place, a country. Uh, so there's all sorts of options here. There's re- you know, the good the advantage of this game is there's really no end to the questions that you can go through and ask. Now again, keep this age related. It's no good asking a a five year old child um, uh, the chemical elements uh, or the elements of the the periodic table. It might be a bit you know a bit of a, a waste of a game, and they're going to get a bit upset with that one in most cases. Well, they could be incredibly intelligent. They could. Child. They could. And the last one in this conversational type category is the alphabet game. Again, two or more players. Uh, and for this game, you pick a topic. So again, in this case, we're going to pick animals, but it could be country or something, you know, prime ministers or anything else you want. Um, but it needs to be a reasonably broad sort of topic because what you're going to do is work your way through the alphabet. So in this case here, we've chosen animals. And if I go first, I'll say aardvark. Um, Jill now has to pick a animal, and it can be generic or specific, that starts with B. Bear. Bear, yep. Okay, I'll go next is C, uh, cat. Dog. Yep, and so on. Now, I'm glad we're stopping there. We're stopping there, yeah. <laughs> it gets fairly easy in most cases, but start ending up with W or Z or X. Uh, in all honesty, trying to think of an animal that starts with X, I'm sure they do exist, but I'd have to really think, stop and think about what the uh, what the answers there would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it may be, you know, there might be a particular type of animal, but it might be a, a, a type of penguin or a type of whatever that starts with the letter X. And that's that's where it starts, or, or countries that starts with the letter X. It, it starts becoming really hard. Now, I'm about to say something that I'm sure Tim will disagree with, and that's this is supposed to be fun, and yeah. it's not necessarily about winning, but it is about having a bit of fun and, you know, being a bit creative and um, keeping everybody, you know, interested and happy. Isn't that right, Tim? It is. It is. <laughs> We'll get on to that in a minute, I'm sure. Okay, so now we're going to look at board games and card games. Um, and this is doesn't involve so much thinking um, because generally the rules are set out for you and you're not having to come up with anything or think of anything that's off the top of your head. Now, when I talk about board games here, I'm not talking about taking a full set of Scrabble or Monopoly <laughs> on the hike with you. That's, you could if you want. That's always possible, and you can actually buy travel sets of these. Um, but in this case here, um, we've gone through and p- there is so much choice here and so much, so many options, but I've tried to keep um, it limited to games that are accessible to two players or more, uh, games that are lightweight. And so in most of the cases, the examples we're going to look at here are under 200 grams. Um, and... Um, also games that um, are well known as well. So, and the first one here is Uno. Um, this is a game is 175 grams in weight. It'll suit two to ten players. The object of Uno is to be the first player to get rid of your cards in each round and score points for the cards your opponents are left holding. So it might be that you know between two or three other players, there's the the cards add up to thirty. Uh, so you might have to take, play 10 rounds to win that. 
Uh, so so you uh, have to get to 500. Yeah, now, in all honesty, you can make up the rules as you go. You, <laughs> yeah, you might yeah say, if in doubt, if you if you forget the instructions, just make it up. <laughs> and yeah, you might say, look, I don't want to play that many games. There's only two of us. So you might say, well, it can be first to 200 or first to 100. So really, you can, you can vary what you do here. This is a fairly well-known game. I think most kids are probably aware of it. And most kids have played it these days. Um, and it's a it's a good option. The next card game, and and again, I chose this one specifically for uh, what it is, and it's a, a card game called Backpacker. Now, it's when we're talking about backpack here, we're talking about um, backpacking as opposed to hiking. So it's traveling around the world, uh, and the aim of the game is to win. The game, uh, you need to be the player with most photos safely back home, um, and that means the most points. Uh, And you go travelling to a number of places around the world uh, and collect photos, uh, and there are obstacles that are put in your place. Uh, So as an example, a card I'm looking at here is sickness. Lose the country on top of your pile into the past pile. Miss a go, and everyone must pass a card to the left. And if you hold this card, you can't actually go home. So you need to lose the card before you go home, which means you either need to lose points or somehow pass it off onto somebody else. So you get better by giving it to someone else, is you, that right? Yeah, you get better by giving it to somebody <laughs> else. And they, they get stuck with this card. So this is the heaviest game in, in what with uh, what we're looking at in this, uh, this group. It's 205 grams. Uh, it suits two to six players, and there's an easy version or a hard version. Uh, so um, it really depends on how familiar you are with the game itself. Next game we're going to look at is basically a mini deck of cards. Weighs 44 grams, not much, too much bigger than a, a, a matchbox. You can actually take a full-size deck of cards if you really want to, um, and it really depends. I mean, if you're going to be going out for a few months and you want to a decent set of cards and your eyesight's not particularly good, you might want a bigger set. But for 44 grams, it works pretty well. And it's mini as in size rather than there are less cards in the pack. Yeah, so you've, you've got... There's still a, 52 cards. There's still 52 it? cards, yep. You've still got the choice of um, uh, playing things like solitaire as a single person. You can play poker. You can play any other number of games that you might be familiar with. Um, and it's it's fairly versatile and fairly lightweight. And I think most people know how to play at least one card game as well. So yeah. so it's quite universal. From here, we also move on to another familiar game, and that's dominoes. Now, there's lots of different domino sets available on the market. Uh, the one we have, uh, which we're going to talk about, is weighs 120 grams. So again, it's not particularly heavyweight. In fact, it's lighter than some of the card games we're, we're going to look at um, and will suit two to five players. Um, I won't go into the rules of dominoes. Um, this set that we have here has the rules that come with it um, and you can, again, play this with two players quite comfortably. It's a fairly robust sort of game. If you really want to, you can lose the box and just put it into a small bag uh, and that'll lighten it, lighten it even further. Um, but the, the box actually keeps it all in one spot and keeps it protected. Yeah, and I think Domino's is another one of those games that, you know, is relatively universal that most people will have come across. So, 
you know, no matter how well you know people or where they're from, they're probably going to be able to um, engage in a game. Now we're on to something that's probably a bit different than most people are familiar with, and this is Monopoly. Now we're not talking about the full board game, we're talking about the Monopoly card game. And what this does is it turns the Monopoly board game into a set of cards, and the aim of the game is to collect property cards, uh, and the game wins when one player collects three or more property sets in different colours. And this is available for two to five players, um, there's 110 cards in total, uh, and the game itself weighs 152 grams. So if you're familiar with playing Monopoly, um, you've got to convert this into how you play it with the cards, um, but it works in a very similar sort of ways. You have property cards, you put houses or house and a, a hotel on them, uh, you have um, a bank that you work with, and you have to pay rent if you land on uh, uh, or, or potentially land on what, what the equivalent of landing on someone else's uh, uh, properties. So you get an action card or a rent card in this case, case saying, play a rent card to force players to pay you rent as described on the card. Um, and basically um, the winner, as I said, is the, the first one that owns three sets of different colour property cards uh, or property sets. It's a good option for a familiar game uh, that uh, uh, will keep people amused for a, a period of time. The last game we're going to talk about is Liar's Dice or Poker Dice. This game here can be played with a normal set of dice. Uh, you need five of them. Uh, and there's a couple of different options here. But usually the way I'm used to playing this is um, with one set of dice that are used between two, three, four, five players, it doesn't really matter. You can also play this if every player has a set of dice. Uh, you can play it with as many players as you like. But one set works quite well, uh, and what you're trying to do is these dice, if you have a look at the pictures on the written version of this uh, podcast, um, it has um, a king, a queen, an ace, uh, a ten and a nine card on each of the sides of the dice. Um, so if I if I say if I roll the dice and say I have five kings and then I pass the dice over to Jill, um, pretty much she's left in a no win situation. The only thing she can roll to beat me is going to be five aces. And if she rolls the dice and says she has five aces, I'm more than likely going to think what are the chances of that? And if she says that, I'll call her out and say you're lying. <laughs> now if I'm wrong, I lose. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, because you what, call me a liar, you would yeah, really lose. <laughs> because what are the chances that you roll five of the same dice? But it may be that you roll the dice and you get a pair of tens, but you might say, I've got three tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a believable sort of scenario. Um, so, so this is a bit challenging because you've got to roll the dice without anybody seeing your dice. Is that is that? Yeah, normally if you if you do this in a home, you'd have a, a, a dice cup and you you don't sh- you you roll them out of the cup. You don't show what people look like. So here you have to roll them behind your hand. Uh, so you need a piece of flat ground or a bench or uh, something you can you know the the floor of the tent's fine. Um, so it's it's the sort of thing. It's it's a matter of how well you can bluff, and I, and I suppose. <laughs> If you're playing poker, um, a lot of bluffing is involved. You don't necessarily have what you say you've got. Uh, you're trying to get people to call you bluff. Playing this um, 
has a multiple set of dice uh, with multiple players, uh, you can play it slightly differently where everyone rolls their dice at once. And in this case, you might end up with everybody saying, we have five kings. Um, and <laughs> then it's a matter of saying, well, okay, it's uh, in that case here, everyone will show one king and then two kings. And potentially and everybody could be lying. <laughs> yeah, and everyone could be lying. But, you know, if um, if you might end up with, you've got four kings but and everyone else is bluffing. Um, and if you... Yeah, this hasn't quite grabbed me, Tim, this one. No. Because, he, he, again, I'd come back to you, you probably don't want to have too many debates with people about their honesty, do you? <laughs> Particularly if you don't know them very well. The good thing with that, the liar's dice or poker dice is that, you know, basically 26 grams of dice, including the bag it comes in. Is, it's light. It, That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing it's got going for it. It, it is. It is. So whether you want to go down that route or not, again, I suppose it's like anything with something like this, you potentially can cause arguments, um, but it can be the same with cards as well. So, you know, it's it's a bit like, you know, with a deck of cards, you can play Snap uh, or you can play Go Fish. Uh, and I always love playing Go Fish with the young children who always say, oh, no, I don't have any fives. And you, you, you know they have but they're just, they're just lying to you. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe it, maybe it's you don't a, have to be a child to lie. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's the group of kids that I tend to hang around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so he, these are really a number of options for playing games or having fun on the trail if you think you need it. And as I said, for, for Jill and I, it's something we've never bothered doing. We, we normally have plenty to keep us amused. We're doing blogging. We're writing in journals. We're having dinner. We're going to sleep fairly early. We're talking. Those. We're talking. We're going to sleep. We're talking. So there's plenty of options through there. But when you've got a family involved or you've got a number of hours at a campsite um, and, you know, you haven't got a book, it's a good option to go through. Yeah, and I, I think I would sort of get – year to focus on things that are going to be fun, um, potentially things that are easy to play um, and, you know, the games that most people will enjoy. So particularly if you're, you're travelling with a group of people you know well, um, if there are games that you're playing when you're not hiking, then they may be great games to play um, while you are, are hiking as well. If you are with a group of people you don't know so well, um, then perhaps don't make the game so complicated. I remember uh, once we were trying to play a game and this person was explaining the game. <laughs> it was so complicated. At one point he just looked at us and went, no, nah, we won't do this. <laughs> and we gave up. I think that's the thing. It needs to be, it needs to be something that is relatively easy rules in most cases. Easy or, to pick up, uh, easy to or, or easy to pick up, yeah, yeah. Now we went camping with um, uh, a niece and her her kids uh, a, a year or so ago, uh, and they bought a full size football with them to kick around. <laughs> uh, now we didn't think about saying, well, um, probably not a good thing to bring because, and in fact, it actually worked out because we had a large open paddock that we were camped in. Uh, but had we have chosen somewhere else, uh, a couple of other sites we normally would have used, uh, the football would have been totally useless. Um, you know, tennis balls work well, uh, frisbees, and you can get travel frisbees that fold down and, and 
uh, you know, are material-based and, and this will fold into a pack. Uh, so there are plenty of options uh, that you can use uh, to play games on a trail. Yeah, and, and again, you know, the, the thing about the football was that the boys loved their football, uh, they were prepared to carry it and uh, they had a bit of fun. Okay, so this one's uh, a bit of a rarity here. As I said, not something we typically do, uh, but for a lot of people, particularly if you are travelling with kids, having options for playing games is, is something that's worthwhile considering. Um, and, yeah, and in fact, if you're trying to encourage kids uh, to come hiking uh, and you haven't told them that their electronics aren't going to work, <laughs> uh, it may be good to provide some options. And we, we haven't actually mentioned mobile phones. Uh, quite often people will have games loaded onto their phones, but that only works as long as there's battery power. And if you're going away for two, three, four, five days, uh, that's not going to last very long. Um, so having some alternatives there to keep people amused are well worth having. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, you, if you're travelling with a group of people that you don't know particularly well, um, one relatively common, easy to play, fun game is a, is a great icebreaker. So you know uh, you don't want to carry a whole bag of games, um, but one you enjoy and one most others might enjoy. So you know it's a, it's a good way to get to know people and uh, you know engage with them. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this episode on games on the trail. And as I said, you know it's. This may be something that, uh, you, that you might look at or you may not be interested in at all. But as I said, if you're travelling with kids, well worth considering. That's all for this week's episode. In our next episode due for release in two weeks' time, we're looking at doing a trail interview uh, and we've yet to work out uh, which one that is. We've got a couple of options we're working on at the moment. So keep an eye out for that one in two weeks' time. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.